Oh, hey, 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 kids, pipe down now. Pipe down. I got to bring in this cart here today. I know last time we were watching NFL bloopers. Now we're going to be watching, oh, I don't know if you've seen Dorfong Golf, but it's hilarious. This man looks like he's all short. And he does all kinds of physical bits. You're going to love this tape. Anyway, welcome to this season. It's actually season 138, episode four of the Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. It's the podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared fucked up consciousness and just say officially off the top fuck the coke brothers fuck fox news fuck rush limbaugh fuck buck sexton fuck jk rowling fuck anybody else that isn't about everybody eating at this table it's thursday june 18th 2020 my name is miles gray but that's not as important because coming to the stage <laughs> oh do we have a treat for you now uh, this woman has been traveling the world and, and not even this world, but I believe other worlds in in space, in time, everywhere. She is universal. Her energy is cannot be summed up by words or names. And I can merely just describe her as an energy, an energy of a scam goddess. Please welcome my co-host today, Miss Lacey Mosley. Hey, I'm so excited to be here co-hosting. What an intro, Miles. Yeah. It's your girl, Lacey Mosley. AKA Robbery, Robbery, Robbery. There are so many ways to scam you, so much I could take. You became the light in the dark side of me. But scams remain a drug that's the high and not the pill. But did you know when your login shows, my Ooh. eyes become large and the con I must run can be seen. Baby! Oh, yeah. Stopping there. Oh, <laughs> come on, come on. Oh, my God. My fu- I'm, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna send you my doctor's bill for these fucking goosebumps I got. I don't know when they're gonna come down. What the? F- okay. Uh, who who blessed us with those lyrics? I wrote that. Oh last my night. god. See. I don't know. I was really feeling like coming into the zeitgeist. I was excited to come yeah. on the show today. Oh, so good to have you. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm glad that we're. I'm glad to have you on. I'm glad to see your face. I'm glad to be near you. But or I mean, at yes. least through this Zoom call, it's very restorative. Um, and it's even more restorative to have our guest today, uh, in our third seat, someone who has been on the show multiple times now, someone whose, uh, you know, view on this country and just the world at large, I think is very valuable to our discussions. And she's also just super fucking funny and smart. Uh, please welcome the just amazing Zara Norbach. Hello. How are you? Okay. I've got my AK. Oh yes, please. Yes. Okay. Uh, mm. AK. No, I can't. I uh, <laughs> I need to find something else. Hold on, hold on. Okay. Okay. All right. I'm going for like crawling in my mm. skin. Oh, yeah. Destabilization. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, de- de- it's it's everywhere. That's I think all that I was That's- one of the first things you spoke about when you ever came on this show was destabilization. You know, as a, as a phenomenon, as a tool, as just something to be aware of. And yeah, I feel like every subsequent visit, we get deeper and deeper into what that looks like in an American context. Dude. Wow. Yeah. I just, yeah. you know, I don't, I keep singing this other AK. <laughs> I don't know why I'm calling them AK. Yeah. AK. Welcome to Iran. This is now Iran. You thought it was America, but it's actually Iran. <laughs> that I sounds mean, like the uh, beginning of a Disney, the newest Disney movie. Yeah, right. I've oh, American woo. princess. Can yeah. you imagine? Yeah. Right. When we're but, greeting, like, hello, occupation stuff. forces. Good day to you. Isn't it right. neat? Wouldn't you say my occupation forces are <laughs> complete? Wouldn't uh. you say it's time to? Defund the police. Oh, well, yeah, that's that's step one. Uh, but the, right. we are really, really in the midst of uh, history. Uh, I was always wondering, I'm like, when's, when's that part going to be for us? And it's really been delivered express to our doorsteps. So I hope you sign yeah. for the package. Um, right. 
Uh, so before we get to know you, Zara, let's tell people what we're going to talk about. I just want to talk a little bit about that five hundred billion dollar, you know, slush fund, the PPP program or the Pay Paycheck Protection Program. Oh, that. Uh, that has just been getting. I think I think it's safe to say, without knowing where the money's going, it's probably going to a lot of the wrong people. So we'll kind of look at some of the places we do know it's going, uh, and also some thoughts on like, you know, what if we just rethought this whole like economy thing you know while while we have the chance right now while while things are pretty much at a standstill maybe there's a better way uh we'll talk about that as well as you quaker oats uh finally doing just literally the bare minimum uh by scrapping aunt jemima and the imagery of aunt jemima and changing the name so yeah uh we'll, we'll we'll let people know just actually how fucked up and awful that is and why this is absolute the absolute bare minimum uh and as well as many other things i know Lacey has uh, some information from Hollywood uh, about a surprise casting that will that will take our breath away. Uh, be- but before we get into all that, Zara, please tell us, what is something from your search history that is revealing about who you are? Where does Sean White live? <laughs> the fucking snowboarder? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> like, are you trying to pull up yeah. to his home? Like- <laughs> Do you have a problem with Sean White? I've got, where does Sean White live? Who is Sean White's wife? Who are his kids? <laughs> oh. Whoa, okay. What, what's... How, do I sh- how do I find Sean White? Do I have friends who are friends with Sean White? What's going okay. on? Oh, bro. Yeah, what's going on? Let, let us in. <laughs> okay, what, so. Why is, why is uh, the, what's his like name? He's got like a. right now it sounds like he's about to buy some diapers and drive across the country. <laughs> yeah, so. right, exactly. <laughs> I might. I'm like, I, I'm trying to look for him because I'm trying to, I'm putting it out there. If you're, if you know Sean White, if you're connected with him, connect me to him. I'm trying to find him for my new podcast. I'm working on a new show that I'm in pre-production with. Uh huh. It's called Don't Stop Believing, a show about all the things we believe in that we don't call religion. Uh huh. And for one of my episodes, I'm not going to tell Sean this, so don't tell him this part. Well, okay, well, just so you know, this will be on a podcast that someone may reference when they say, who wants to talk to me? Who, who's trying to what? But I guess we should just, just let him in. Fine. I mean, I'm just banking on the fact that he's like in a compound where he doesn't like have access to things that like people have, you know, like in a day. Like he lives in like, you know, a snow mountain somewhere in like right, Aspen right. or something. Uh-huh. Clearly, my Google search helped me. Uh- <laughs> but what is, so what is it about Sean White that's appealing? Okay, so here's what. I feel like there's all these ways that people encapsulate whole behaviors in religions. Mm-hmm. That if you take the wrapping of religion away, we all have these like, you know, tendencies, I want to say. So, one of them that I'm looking at is extremism, mm-hmm. which is rampant in the United States right now. There's like Nazis are a thing again. Yeah. Or not a thing, just like they're <laughs> They, I guess they just think they won't get the smoke when they step outside. Yeah, <laughs> I exactly. think that's what They're it is. just there like you more go. free to come out. Yeah, They're it's like, like, I'm coming. And there's out. a lot of people willing to <laughs> answer. <laughs> like, they're all coming out dancing I'm with coming, the hail I'm getting knocked out. Right. They like, used to just hide. Do you notice how people stop saying neo Nazis? People just say Nazis now. Right. Yeah. Their rebranding didn't work. That was like neo soul. We were like, no, right. we you're just the same Nazis. Nothing's different. Don't try to rebrand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here we are again. Yay. Yeah. So the I feel like extremism is a is a thing that everybody, you know, associates with like religion, but it's sure. just it's just a radicalizing behavior. But then even radicalizing is like that's political and I feel like that's our kind of rapping. So I'm trying to interview Sean White because he was a disciple of Tony Hawk. Mm -hmm. And there's something about extreme sports that to me is really religious. That's about like the sacrifice of the body. Right. That I think is really interesting. And I feel like. Right. Or even like climbers, like free climbers. Like there was this prodigy, this 16 year old who recently passed away, who was like apparently on like a whole other and like level in terms of climbing but yeah like to your point that's clearly just a faith that's that's, that's such I'm a demonstrate right. interesting and mm-hmm. like i read amelia Earhart's autobiography which you so should read 
I didn't even know she wrote an autobiography. Right. Yeah, I thought she disappeared in the air. She dropped a book before she. The did. only thing I know yeah. about her is we have my library is named after her. You got it. Well, read she wrote a book. Else. That yeah. makes sense. Wrote- <laughs> What'd she do? Okay, she wrote in her autobiography three years before she disappeared that no matter what, when she dies, she wants it to be while flying. Oh, oh shit! Well, okay, that worked out. That worked out. I mean, how like that's so that's so religious, right? So anyway, I just I want to talk to Sean about this stuff. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure like you know, even like watching uh, the Last Dance and just seeing how Michael Jordan viewed the world too. There's there is like there are levels of dedication to a certain level of behavior or whatever conduct. So yeah, all right. So let's uh, let's find Sean White, y'all. Zeitgang, Gang, do your thing. Uh, maybe Sean White is Zeitgang, Gang. Okay, I don't know, but I, I I'll tell you this. There, uh, I'm not even joking. Uh, one of my homeboys from high school, he used to pretend he was Sean White when he would go to other parts of the country where people weren't as media savvy and people would believe him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was like amazing. the lowest level flex. But like, because we were like, bro, that's not even like that cool. But he's like, I know, man. He's like, but I got free beer and this girl gave me her number. And I was like, all right, well. Hey, that's hey. that's a good bit. That's yeah. a good scam. That's a, that's you know, a light scam. Not, not, not too dangerous. Vacation. Right. Yeah. That's what um, I'm going to do. Zara, what's something that you think is underrated? Balloon deliveries. <laughs> okay, what? <laughs> Wait, so like specific. someone like knock knock at the door and it's a just a pile of balloons? Listen, I turned 40 on the 11th. Hey, happy birthday. Congratulations. Happy birthday. Thank you. And uh, Zoom birthdays suck. Right. Quarantine birthdays are shit. And if you have a friend who's going to have a quarantine birthday, send them balloons. Yeah. My friend sent me balloons and it like it freaking made my life, you guys. Yeah. I, I didn't think I could be so happy. You know what I mean? Like you think you don't care about this shit and then you're there and then your doorbell rings and you open it and it's just colorful balloons and balloon animals in a bouquet oh. and your heart sings. Wow, oh, that's cute. Wait, so it was like a mixed batch of balloons, like like helium animals, regular balloons. They're mylar. Like, what's the spread? That's exact. That's a, a smorgasbord. Oh. Uh, a chartreuse uh-huh. of balloon. Uh huh. <laughs> There's a mylar that says. 40 in like glorious magenta and then there's little balloon poodles and little balloon swirlies and then there's like happy birthday balloons mixed with like magentas and blues right gorgeous that sounds so cute and that's a flex too i had a oh go ahead no i said that's a flex because i think there's a helium shortage like in the world right now so with. Yeah, you must be really well connected to like the helium gang. Yeah. I remember my grandfather's right. funeral when I was eight had balloons for some reason, which feels inappropriate at a funeral to have balloons. Right. But they were fun. <laughs> they did bite <laughs> my mood. <laughs> I think it's just, I think, because like, think about it, like, as a baby, right? That's like the fucking, the best thing you can get as a toy is a balloon right. that floats. You know what I mean? And like the devastation, like, you know, you've seen videos where a child lets a balloon go and it's, it might as well be the end of the fucking world. So maybe there's something that, you know, reactivates that. I think just even hearing you describe the like the visual of opening a door and it's a bunch of balloons, I was like, yeah, <laughs> all right. Like, what, what's, I like this. I was depressed. And then despite the helium shortage, there came my bouquet of resource. You know, and I think this is a kind of, we'll talk about this later on in the show, but like even looking at kind of what, how the economy is changing and trying to look at different ways of living, even to your point about balloons, like I think a lot of us are realizing we can be happy with a lot less too. Um, and not like this churn that we were used to before wasn't really serving us the same way. Like, and even to hear you, I'm even like, and I get it, like things are different. So comparatively, yes, hearing about balloons sounds fantastic, but <laughs> I honestly like, I feel like I've I've been I've learned to be more efficient with like what my true like needs are to sort of maintain a like a balance. Um, but I think that's important to keep in mind as we try and think up whatever the fuck Earth society looks like after this, or if we go back to the toxic, just horrific business as usual. Uh, what's something that's overrated, Zara? Turning forty. Turning forty. <laughs> Shut up. 
everybody who's like, I finally know who I am as a woman. I feel so strong and empowered. This is the best they can. It just gets better. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. My body hurts. I have arthritis. I mean, I don't know for sure, but it hurts and I'm achy <laughs> and I miss my collagen and I miss my soft skin and I'm sick of snap filters to make up for the fact that the collagen is draining from my body. And you know what? If this was puritanical times and someone told me that if I took somebody's baby and mash it and ate it, my skin would come <laughs> back fresh, I would do it. Oh, man. Well, you look great. I Thanks. don't know about all these these snap filters or whatever, but damn. I actually, I killed a baby and ate it. So it really... Oh, okay, well. <laughs> I was about to say, you look like you've been sucking in the energy like Hocus Pocus, you know, when they like breathe in the look yes. energy and then they die. Like, <laughs> yeah, you look like you've been doing that. That's It looks great. Oh my Your God. It looks great. I love this trajectory of Disney films. <laughs> we're, <laughs> right. we're now there. Just, I just sucking I the just... souls out of children. <laughs> Come, little children, I'll take thee away hey, into my garden of magic. I'm going to remix it Wait, what? TikTok children. When you're on your way to 40, like in birthday 38, birthday the 39th, were you feeling this like sense of, were you looking at 40 as something you dreaded? Or are you, are you kind of just thinking more in terms of like, as your body is starting to say like, yeah, we're not 23 anymore. You know, I will say, like, I think 36, 37 for me was, like, all the physical stuff. Mm. And the, like, oh, my God, the, like, future planning. Because, like, people, you start to do math. And then it's extra frustrating as a woman in Hollywood because everybody's career either culminates at 40 or you just, like, and you disappear, you mm. know, or you've been like Sam B, you know, busting your ass right. and you hit 40 and you're ready to take off. You know what I mean? So it's like there's all there was all that fear of like when people when I would talk to managers and they would say, well, getting into television writing, that's a five year process. And it'd be like 36 plus five. Oh, my God. Am I going to make it? Because people just stop listening to a woman after 40. There's that. Then the other thing that I did not expect that would hit me so hard is like, where's my friend squad? Right. Do I have friends? How how am I celebrating my four decades? Like, and and I hate like all the I'm I'm not like a big, this is my bestie, this is my squad. Like it's just not ever been my thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I went to a different school for every year of elementary school. I make friends quickly. Oh shit. Yeah, I, I don't know how to. Were keep you like them, in the military? Were your parents in the military or something? Or were or? you in the military? <laughs> I was. I was in the military. This is this is part of the destabilization conversation. Right. Wait, but yeah, wait. How come you're bouncing around so much? Yeah, I just had young parents. You know what I mean? It's like Got think it. of how many apartments you've had. Right. And then you have a kid, and also immigrant parents. So they were like, "What do you mean it's a new school district?" Right, you, right, right, right. What do you mean there's a racist bus driver who? dropped my kid off where she felt like, and now I can't find my child. And she laughed in my face when I was looking for her. Right. What do you mean? We got to move. Oh, right, you know, right, right, right. Just sort no. of learning California. Um, yeah. And uh, learning California <laughs> racists. <laughs> That's my favorite remix of that song. <laughs> I actually need that whole song. I think that really is like that one evil Karen lady in San Francisco who literally had like the Guy Fox mask like face and she's like, Hi, do you live here? Uh that right. was me like meet these California races. <laughs> Wait, so sorry, you said you don't have like a big girl group, so I'm guessing you've never done like uh, like the matches swimsuits, like a birthday, and then you would be the one that says birthday bitch, or like, do you have you ever gone on a girls group trip or something? No, like, and here's what I have a lot. I have more women friends than I do guy friends, right? Mm-hmm. And I have like my woman friends who are really big on that stuff, and they had their parties, you know, where like we were all around that, and I never connected with it until I hit forty, and then I was like, I. I need my girl squad. Right, right, You're like right. everyone matching outfits yeah. now. Yeah. Now. Everyone matching outfits yesterday. <laughs> Get on Etsy and buy the t-shirt. Don't I need with me. everybody in hoodies 
with denim jackets on top and the right. same pair of jeans that I bought three years ago. Right now, we all need a match, and you're my besties. Oh, <laughs> if there's a Zara, I will I will put money into a GoFundMe for your uh, your girls' trip so you can have that with your denim outfits. Oh, uh, thank you. I was finally, supposed to go to Antarctica, but it didn't happen. You were supposed to go. To, no, you were not. Wait, what? Yeah. Well, that that's my last. That's that was my last little tidbit of forty. Wow. I, was, I'm, I wanted to go to Antarctica, but yeah. then how are we even going to plan for that? Miles yeah, well, you know you can't get there because the Earth is actually flat, and if you go there, that will prove that the Earth is round. So what they do yeah. is they knock you out and turn your boat around, and they put you on an iceberg that's actually somewhere else. So. You know what? These are all facts. I am tired of 2020 not being my year. Okay. Yeah. Hey, you never know. I mean, it's like so. It's I don't even know how to look at this year yet. It's so chaotic. Yet there are I don't know somehow like racism. Like people like figured out how to define that, which brings me. <laughs> let's move on to our myth. Uh, Zara, what is a myth? What do you think people think is true that you know is false or vice versa? Okay, this is my big WTF. Why do people keep thinking that racism is supposed to make sense? <laughs> right. Do you know what I mean? Like when you tell somebody that something racist happened to you and they're like, wait, that doesn't make sense. And you're like, why is it supposed <laughs> to make sense? Yeah. Thinking people are unequal or you're superior than them because of their race is already a flawed premise. So what? Right. Like, do you understand that if it makes sense to you, that makes you racist? Right. <laughs> <laughs> wow, it really is that Wait, simple. so just because you are Muslim, they thought you were a terrorist? That's racism. Huh. That doesn't make sense. Yeah, that makes sense to me. But yeah, right, exactly. And then you're like, wait, what? Yeah. Oh, right, yeah. Oh, so they thought you were a terrorist because you were Muslim, right? Yeah, I watched the TV show. I watched the TV show 9 11. I watched that. But then why'd you go there? It's like, what? Yeah, it's true. It really is. Like, I think we don't treat racism like we do, like eating handfuls of your own shit. So if you start a conversation off about seeing somebody eating handfuls of their own shit, it's never going to be like, well, that doesn't make sense. You'd be like, oh, man, people are still eating handfuls of their own shit, huh? You think they'll fucking wake up because it's not good, you know? It's not healthy. But okay, I guess people eat it. But yeah, it is like this thing where I think because racism has been the foundation and, uh, you know, rationalization for so much uh, injustice that to like then say that's bad, it's like I think that's what a lot of white people were experiencing too. It's sort of like, well, then... Yeah, I guess these statues of slavers should come down. <laughs> right. I, I guess we, bad. we we keep telling you guys to forget about slavery, but then we like literally do have slavery statues everywhere. Right. Yeah. That serve as a reminder. And I think it's also wild <laughs> oh too. It's God. like there are people that are alive right now who have interacted with people that were in bondage. You know what I mean? Like gr grandparents whose great grandparents were in bondage like it's not that far removed. Like there, and I think that's what's very interesting is suddenly like history caught up with the present for many people at the same time on many levels. But yeah, it's true. Like I, to your point, it's, it's not supposed to, that's the point. It's racism is already a flawed ideology and it's, it's putrid. So there's no, don't need it to make sense. It's interesting though, seeing uh, a lot of white folks who I guess could conveniently ignore racism for so long be stuck in the house and like, oh my God, Ted, all that's on TV is racism. Every channel it's is racism. Racist. I, I, I guess it, it was real the whole time. Yeah. Like, Does it make sense? That's what, and I think that's the other part that's really troubling for a lot of black people and any oppressed group right now who's seeing this like, people connecting the dots because now it's like having to relive it over to be like yeah because that's what's uh, fuck all right so here's here's the deal since now you're listening again like it's just it's it's very uh it's it's a lot but i don't know that's what i'm saying like is this is is this the room is this a point is this a turning point societally for the beginnings of something not that this exact moment everything will change on a dime but we can point to this year as being something, the beginning of something new? That's, I think so. Yeah. Because when the Civil Rights Act was passed, it was literally on the heels of so many American cities being on fire and right. so many protests. And now we're in an age where these are the biggest protests that we've had since the protests of the death of Martin Luther King. And I think you are seeing people open up uh, 
well, and, and you're seeing a lot of marginalized people feel comfortable speaking about things because exactly. it's like, oh, you don't you want to defund the police? Okay. Also, look at the police that lives inside of you that is police me every single day at oh my, my damn job and everywhere I go. And so it's like now we're forcing people to have their own reckoning with their own issues. Like, you know what I mean? Like the Karens, that's what we call them, but those are police. Yeah. Those are people who are agents of chaos and, and of black pain and oppression and of oppression of all different races uh, that aren't their own or, or, you know, marginalized people. So it's like, we're not just talking about defunding the police that are state sanctioned. We're, we're talking about, you know, you as a police, like you have to get rid of the police inside of yeah. you. Or this greater idea of like whiteness, you know, and I think a lot of people take it on to be something that if you are not white, you don't under you don't experience whiteness or participate in it. But it's it's prevalent at every level. You, yes. There's internalized white supremacy for black people. There's internalized yep. white supremacy for Asian people. There's yep. just straight up white supremacy. And I think that's the thing is like it's it, it's a moment for everybody to basically, you know, uh purge the whiteness that exists even in your own thinking uh how you would i i i really i really challenge people to think of like the next time you see someone on the street and you think you are in danger or you have you become suspicious take a second to immediately stop yourself and examine what exactly you're looking at now if clearly if someone's like running at you with a knife that's one thing but if you just see a group of kids on the corner or someone at a like whatever it is Take a second to just be like, whoa, what was that? What was that? Because it's that's the feeling that people act on without actually thinking through, why am I thinking like this? Why what is what what is coming up inside of me? I will say that there's this inherent guilt that a lot of quote unquote good white people have that also gets in the way of their education and their learning, which is that like, well, I'm not a racist. So, you know, these aren't things that I necessarily need to work on. But what we're trying to say is, is that we all have internalized racism and there is a tiny evil white man who lives inside of all of us simply because of how we were indoctrinated into this country. Our whole education system is built on lies that slavers and racists told us. Our money has the face of rapists and slavers on it. You know what I mean? It's like it's in, it's in all of us. I remember right. grading papers for my cousin in Brooklyn once and all of the names were like La Cromachion and stuff that I couldn't pronounce and I was like what are all these ghetto ass names and my cousin looked at me and he said everything's made up so what makes these names less important or less valuable than Sarah and Thomas and I was like whoa who taught me that yeah. and then I was like oh the little white man inside of me taught me that. So it's yeah. like we all have to deprogram what we've learned. Or even think of where our own last names come from. Uh, I know where mine comes from. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's <laughs> people didn't Ownership. even have last. We didn't have last names who were owned. You know what I mean? Like half of these names are there because that's just the factory you worked at. I think this is all part of this moment, you know. And I think if they're going to take the time, like you're saying, Lacey, to sort of look within themselves, that's really the work that is going to have to happen first. Because if you just go, if you just stop it, like, yeah, man, the police are wilding out, and just end it there. Yeah, <laughs> it will continue. We need more people out there who say, no, that is bad. Like, and they're over policing. And I know why they're over policing these communities, because we've actually left them behind and a lack of material access has led to these conditions. So if we don't do that, we shouldn't be talking about crime. We need to be talking about how we're leaving people behind. Yeah, I don't understand that person, that person who sees this stuff and just goes, wow, that's wild. And it just goes about their day. Like, well, I think I don't. I <laughs> I think the thing is, right, to really acknowledge how bad racism is on a certain level, people will feel guilty. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah, because that's yeah, just yeah. part of connecting the dots. Yes. But yes. I think the the bottom line is part of that process. It, it The point is to not feel guilty. The guilt is merely you actually just becoming aware of, you know, your relation yes. to whiteness, to how that has benefited you and how that's actually been detrimental to a lot of people. The real work is then just saying, okay, the guilt is natural because you're actually realizing how bad it is. Now, the, the real part is then to actually say, well, now I need to, now I'm acting differently. That's not, I, right. it's, it's not, like we're not asking for people to feel bad. We're not asking people to cry on the timeline on behalf of that. black people. We're asking people to pull up on behalf of black people every day, like yeah. no matter no what. No more videos of y'all being like, I take responsibility. Oh my God, oh my God that thing. Uh, 
I, a white person, have looked away at so many Negroes. Right. Like, we don't want that. We <laughs> yeah. need you to actually take accountability in your real life, not, like, get on a video in black and white and stare at a camera and read off of a cue card. Yeah. And I just want to say one thing um, specifically, just, just to get people's minds working on what we mean by systemic racism, racism and oppression, is that the thinking is the beginning. But the system that is in place has wor- is working how it always was supposed to, which was to suppress and to enslave people of color. And it's still working through our prison pipelines. And just like something you may not even know, uh, cities that are being over-policed where they're jailing black and brown people, a lot of those black and brown people are going to prisons who then contribute to the Republicans' agenda because they get to count those bodies those people in prison as people in their population. So it's gerrymandering. Mm -hmm. So then they get more influence because the more people they lock up who are brown and black, the more influence they have in the country. Like that's crazy. So that's just one thing. There's so many things. The subjugation of black people and brown people and indigenous people, that will always be the resource that people use to extract wealth from. You know what I mean? Right. In that same that's way, what this built yes. on. that's just moving black bodies around. So you have a bigger piece of the pie in terms of influence. It's everything is about just these are not this is just other ways. Like once in the same we were talking yesterday about just criminalizing being poor, because now you've created another industry that just makes money off of cleaning up the failings of capitalism. And it's like, right. here we go. So loop, 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 and loop. capitalism has never worked without free labor. And I think that we all have learned that when we're sitting in our freaking houses and can't go to work, you know, the, the free labor or the labor where we pay people the bare minimum to survive is the only way that this capitalist system has ever functioned. And right. it doesn't function. Well, you so, know what? Let's talk more about that, actually, because I think that'll uh, segue into our, our first topic. Uh, but let's take a break real quick. Real, I said will will quick. I mean, real quick. <laughs> And we're back. And yes, to your point of how this system is working, our economy, the nature of our economy, like the pandemic has basically shown us that we don't need as much as we thought we did. That's for sure. Uh, the things that we have seen are that like these traditional indicators of the economy are what people are all screaming about. On, on top of, yes, there are people who are out of work and need help. But this there's been this like very, very strong focus on like, the economy and the, you know what kind of growth like the economy has contracted and this is happening and wall street is going down and you know a lot of economists have been saying for a long time like we have this obsession with growth you know with the gdp which has been sort of like since po- the end of world war 2 like that's your that's your report card on how you know how uh um uh what's the word how like how much abundance is in your country and how much you're prospering and I get it. That's just, you know, you're counting up the goods and services and like the overall access to things and or not the access, but the overall wealth in your country. But we've seen, man, the America America has great GDP, but people don't have shit. So what good what use is this metric anymore if we're talking about hey, we're number one? Meanwhile, we're looking at nurses and stuff wearing like butcher paper uh, in like the ER trying to protect themselves from a pandemic. And yep. we have police that look like they're fucking hopping out of Gundams from like an anime or some shit. Like it's just a very, all we're seeing is like all this stuff we're talking about is clearly like in service of a different reality than the one we experience as, you know, the 99%. This is where intersectionality I feel like is so key. Yeah. Because I mean, I, I have to be able to call out brown folks on model, model minority bullshit because that is a version of that, that is anti-blackness. And it is racism and it does sort of seep into the buy-in of my contribution is valuable. I'm not valuable Mm. where it becomes about, you know, we need immigrants who are going to contribute. And then folks come here, you know, thinking, but believing that buying into that rhetoric of, you know, I came here legally. I, I waited in line. I, you know, and, and the, I work hard for my money. Like, as though uh, other people are not, as though these systemic structures, you know, are not real systemic structures, like racism isn't real. 
Right. And what I see happening and where I see the connecting point that I brought it up is in a country where goods become you yeah, and GDP and growth no longer includes you and you are now a means to an end, that is no longer your country. Yeah. Mm. You are now denaturalized. You are now diaspora. You don't have a home anymore because you're mattering in this universe that is this nation is now contingent. And, right. and that's apartheid. Yeah. I mean, you saw the these sort of institutions rally around to protect capital, right? Like the government got got it together real quick to start handing out checks to these companies to keep them afloat. And I meanwhile, mean, we're looking at all these other, the response to the actual pandemic and people's livelihood. It's like, eh, well, I don't know. Are we getting the best deal on masks? Like, can we, can we start a, can I, like, can the homie make money off of making masks and then we can just buy it? Like the, a lot of that, uh, those ills were really just, just right out there in the open. I don't know how, like, at what point does white America or affluent America get fed up? You know, I was just on the phone with a friend of mine the other day, and she opened the call with this line. She said, you know, I'm not trying to put myself ahead of the economy, but. Wow. What? You should you should definitely put yourself ahead of the <laughs> economy. That's dark. That's like, dark. The fact and and you know what's crazy is like America is like our homegirl who we thought was our homegirl who we lent money to and this bitch never gives us our money back. Mm-hmm. America's the girl who comes over and just gives us a sob story about how bad things are going and she just needs to hold $600 and then you see America in a brand new Gucci belt and Balenciaga shoes next week and you're like America girl, <laughs> where's my where's my money? And she's like, no, 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 girl. People are dying and like, listen, healthcare or whatever. So like, give me a And necklace. you're like, wait, hold up. Is money. that my necklace <laughs> you're wearing? They're like, oh, is it? I don't know. Like, Oh, it, I don't know. Yeah. And I'm like, America, I just heard that you gave, you know, billionaires some money. And they have money. Why are you giving them money? I need the money. Oh, girl, listen, we got to wait. We, it's going to come to y'all. What, the billionaires going to spread it out. No. Don't worry. Yeah, right. It's like, how, <laughs> like, long, how long do people just allow, like, I think that's the thing. It, because the a lot of the images that were shown on TV, like the news is presented to people as if there's a gigantic middle class when there isn't. It's like the coverage is not really interested in talking about the real issues in the United States, again, because that would shine a light on the, the class of people that owns the media. You know what I mean? Like, how are you going to do a story on, you know, stats? I mean, this is what they do. They'll put up stats like this. They say, like, in 1960, and this is true, 1965, CEOs made 20 times more what the typical workers made in 1965. But in 2013, they made 296 times that amount. And then just be like, and then also, uh, hourly wages rose only 9% between 1973 and 2013, but productivity increased 74%. And then pivot to some shit about how, you know, this like fucking seal is best friends with a dolphin at SeaWorld. Like, they won't (laughs) examine that. They actually, if you're going to, if you're going to actually tell people this, you have to really look at that and say, this is where the money is going. It used to be your boss just made 20 times more than you did. And that was already like, whoa, they're like, this motherfucker is not out here on the line making this shit. He's in the office, like getting head, looking through a window, smoking a cigar. Like, what the (laughs) fuck is that? And that's his job. Get the fuck out of here. I could, my my fucking head almost got smushed by a machine earlier. And then you have, and so to even look at a point like that and to say how much it's, it's gone past that and not really examine, that's why there aren't, you know, that's why wages are low because all of that money that could have just been going to the workers is going to the CEOs. Uh, that's why your benefits suck because they, they're every benefit you don't get. That's another dollar for them. That's how this works. But they can't really do that, or they don't have as many people who are willing to articulate that on a consistent basis. Because I think that would actually inform the public as to what the situation is or the nature of our economy is. Yeah, it and that gets called editorializing. So right. yeah, exactly. It doesn't feel to me like any member of the GOP and certainly not the Democrats who took this money um, are in any way invested in the growth or health or well-being of this country. Every single move they make favors chaos, destruction, more civil unrest, activating more murder police. It doesn't 
it doesn't make any sense. And this is a place where I feel infrastructure should make sense. Yeah. Well, I think maybe... Maybe that's the next dawn of, you know, realizations people have much in the same way. Like you're saying, racism shouldn't make sense. Capitalism should not make sense to people either. It really shouldn't. Um, And like like even to your point about this, like morality of working, right, that we have this thing of like, well, if you work, then you're worth you're worthy because you're making something that is completely that is just already like that's an inhumane uh just premise to begin with like when really the country should be like if we have so much wealth every kid can eat every person can be educated if you're sick you go to a doctor that's just fundamental that's just fine like what why is that a why is why why are we debating this at all and it's because we're unfortunately up against a, a class of people that have so much money they can just fuck with your heads through the media or news coverage or the the politicians that are in place and the legislation that it's passed that it's it's going to take a lot of people to really understand, I feel like, in, in, in like inherently how bad this feels. And like that's right. one so, of the crushes we're feeling. And Zara, going back to your podcast saying, like, what is your religion? I think a big issue that we have in America is that too many people's religion is capitalism. Yes. Um, and a lot of those people tend to be the poor ones, which is so bizarre to me. But it is like I've, all, I've heard so many people, you know, who are poor or broke or beyond the poverty line uh, say, if I was a billionaire, I, I would hide my tax money, too. And it's like... <laughs> Yeah. But you're not, though. Like, so you're going to live in this imaginary state and punish yourself for the rest of your life because if you, because you want to be a millionaire. But I could be a millionaire. But I could be a You know what? They're partaking in worship. That's a version of worship. That's worship because it's like that billionaire is my God and and I don't deserve as much as he does. I mean, I was talking to my mother on the phone yesterday and I was like, well, look, if we're not going to defund the police, at least as a form of reparations, black and brown people should not have to pay taxes to the police. Why am I paying taxes to get murdered? Why right. am I handing over my check to get beat on? That right. that makes no sense. But it's like we're all feeding into the system that is abusing us because we can't. I don't know how you deprogram people. There's so much pride in working, and people need to feel better than other people. Well, I think That's because we, we have to because we have to tell people different stories, right? It's always like you were broke as fuck, and now you <laughs> fucking Gucci down to the toenails. Like I came here with six dollars, ten dollars, five dollars. My toe. My fucking my my toilet is a yacht. You know what I mean? I don't even fucking, that's, it's not even a fucking yacht anymore. I just shit I on it. I ride my toilet. Like it just, it's like we, all of our stories are about excess and that's what we we're putting value on. So that pathology of excess is just acted out. Cause I'm sure if you told somebody who was poor, okay, what do you want more? You want the chance of winning uh, a million dollars or would you rather have a job that got you $50,000 a year right now? Right now. What would yeah. you take right now? Oh, I'll take $50,000. Okay. Then kill that dream. Because we can, we can, we can make that other one happen pretty easily if we actually get our shit together. And I think that's a that's a dream we have to begin to sell people on. Or not that we have to, but just in general, like we just idealize. We have so many markers of success, whether that's the the where you live, the cars you drive, and things like that. That we also we simultaneously need to reemphasize just the basic like human decency too. That that's actually foundational to everything first like let's take care first my stance is this i don't care what you call it if it's capitalism if it's socialism if it's communism if it's zara fascism which is something that i also sell that's available (laughs) to you i would love to be your general in perpetuity i i would have checks and balances and you could trust that i would have them whatever it is that you call it at some point the accountability is how am I doing? How are we doing? How's yeah. my family doing? How are communities doing? How are other communities communities outside of mine doing? If it's not good, you got to stop and figure out what you did. It doesn't matter what you call it. And when it starts to get into the realm of a kind of dogma, it triggers the shit out of me and I feel my diaspora quads kick in and I'm building a boat and I'm paddling out of here. Right. Because like I could feel my heart racing because the way the playbook and and Miles, I'm going to lean on your uh, his history superpowers here. <laughs> That's what you call a major, right? Superpowers. Yeah. <laughs> shit, shit. I won't stop talking about drunk at a party when there's a trivia night. When when here's trivia, when uh, there's a playbook for how to. um 
for for how to take a country down via dogma and have people eat each other alive over their version of what we should or should not uphold as a high morality. And it's no longer about how we're doing or how things are functioning. I'm pretty sure that's a tactic that was used to destabilize a couple countries. Everywhere. Anywhere. Iran, Libya, yeah, Egypt, it's, Syria. Yeah, no. That's one. I mean, that's the whole, like, you had, it's, it, it's a, it's such a powerful tool uh, because suddenly, like, no one remembers what they're in it for. Yes. Uh, and you just take all this wild energy, and if you take away the ability to know why there's this energy, then you can maliciously redirect it in places. Um, and I think, yeah, just with pe- with everything that's going on, that's why I think even now, like on this show, we talk about how the news is like failing to actually capture what is happening right now, and it's allowing people to be like, I think, if depending on what you watch, because there's a version where people are just going to ignore that there is a full blown movement that's multicultural multiracial all across many different classes happening or a version where antifa is coming to burn down your payless shoe store and you need to fucking you know strap up and step up like it's but again everyone it's a failure to actually help people understand what's happening and where to direct that energy because look look what it does it keeps everybody on different pages but everybody the thing is even the people who are angry that antifa is coming there they're angry because they're poor too they just found another reason to get angry about being poor. And unfortunately, the version they are into is all conspiratorial and is not helpful because, God damn, you would, you would hate for the GOP to look at their Trumpers and be like, oh, fuck, they figured it out. They yeah, figured they it know out. We're keeping them poor. They it's figured like, it out. for the Scooby-Doo like, mass reveal of like, it's not a ghost of evil Negroes. It's right. the GOP. It's, <laughs> like, it's like, it's been this whole thing the whole time. What? Uh-oh. But I guess Like, you know, we're waiting for that. But I think that's also really upsetting to try and deal with, too, if your whole reality is based on this lie, too. That's why you see so many of these races doubling down right now. Because could you imagine realizing your whole fucking identity wasn't shit this whole time? And you were well, also this is their religion, right? And <laughs> exactly, and people are willing to put guns on and guard the fucking sweet, sweet capital of the the Target building or whatever. But yeah, like it's just um, the answers that I think their whiteness usually gave to them were satisfying to them, and slowly those like clearly the answers that whiteness gave people are starting to not be, taste as good to people right now because a lot of people are mm. rejecting it, and I feel like. I think, Lacey, you were saying earlier, a lot of people are willing to just speak out now. It's not just black people. There are there are women, there are trans people, indigenous people who are all, I think, a lot of oppressed people kind of see white supremacy on its, on its back foot a little bit. Like, suddenly, good people took a step forward and white supremacy had to take a step back for a second. It's still there, but it definitely had to cede some ground because look at all the things that are coming down. But... I think that has given, I think also made people a little bit aware of like, oh, this, even white supremacy is an illusion in a way. Like we don't have to fear it. Like I'm not going to fear speaking up. I'm not going to fear trying to do what's right anymore. Okay. Let's take a quick break and then we'll get right back to some interesting news. And we're back, and let's talk uh, very quickly uh, just about that uh, that PPP fund because I think it's a very very uh, interesting story. Um, just you know, there was five hundred billion dollars that was supposed to be given out to small businesses to stay afloat, basically. And I think a lot of the time uh, we were reading stories about how it was either very easy to get money sometimes or very hard. Then we saw stories about how there were companies that were w- did not even close to being considered a small business who received this this money and then were basically shamed into giving it back. Um, now, like Judd Legum, the guy who writes the popular info uh, newsletter, he was like kind of writing more on just uh, some of the other recipients. And even when you look like, right, there's pe- members of Congress who are receiving this money. 
um, which already just stinks of shit. Republicans and Democrats, right. because let's be real, this is just this is a game for people. Like once you get in there, you can start writing laws that help your own business. Um, it's a so, money grab. Yeah. Well, just think of how many how many people like married to someone who's a fucking like titan of industry or something. Like it's I never just I like, did. oh yeah, my husband's a you know a, a a homeschool teacher. That's what they do. You know. Uh, so Republicans on the list: uh, right. Roger Williams of Texas. He is a wealthy business person. He owns car dealerships, car washes, body shops. He got some of that money. Um, Vicki Hartzler, uh, who's in Missouri, uh, her far- her family owns a ton of farms and equipment so- suppliers in the Midwest. Uh, in the Democrat side, Susie Lee of Nevada. Husband is a CEO of a regional casino developer. Wow. Uh, Debbie, uh, <laughs> Debbie McCarcel Powell of Florida. Oops. Her husband is an executive at a restaurant chain that has since returned the loan. There, How did that happen? Now, I'm not saying that you can't have a small business and uh, receive these funds, but I think that when it gets all shitty, right, is when you start listening to how, especially Republicans are talking about how there's probably no more need for extra stimulus money, even <laughs> oh, though there's not. The, the, the pandemic is not getting better. The numbers are still rising, <laughs> oh, but they're saying, oh, yeah, there's probably no need to spend any money on working people anymore what meanwhile we have these other companies saying oh yeah we'll take a bite of that so i want to point a little bit of attention um at the this lawyer who started this law firm that harvey weinstein that like once represented harvey weinstein um that that they necessarily they don't have uh there aren't any there isn't any um documentation that they received any money but they there was an email that was sent out to shareholders basically asking if they were cool with the company going out to pursue like twenty million dollars in like relief funds, and I believe you could only get ten million at a time. So the way they were going to do that was with other subsidiaries to ultimately bring in twenty million dollars to the fund. When uh, a lot of the journalists were asking about it, they just said, "Oh, we don't want to comment on whether or not we received it or not." So it's not clear whether they did, but they did feel out the shareholders. Now I want to then draw your attention to the man who's law firm it is and the kind of lifestyle this man lives who is asking us for 20 million dollars for his fucking law firm not a not a bar that employs people who are like getting on their feet or something like that or you know any kind of other job a fucking law firm where they're charging you know i don't even know what the hourly rate i can only imagine what it is actually i'll look it up right now the, oh, sorry, so the head of the law firm himself he charges 1850 per hour 1850 dollars per hour for his services now his lifestyle. This was um, in a like art write up about the wealthiest lawyers in the country. Him being one of them, they say, "quote He's a millionaire many times over. The many aspects of his lifestyle reflect what I'm guessing is a nine figure net worth in the hundreds of millions at least. His primary residence, an eight thousand square foot mansion on almost ten acres, an eight million dollar pita terre here in New York City at the Sherry Netherland Hotel, and a racing yacht because you're nobody until you have a yacht." This is this is like this is what we're talking about. Meanwhile, Help people with, small businesses. People are out here with he their hands. He has hand a very out. small business. Right. I have a very small yacht. And that's none of <laughs> your business. My yacht is small. <laughs> and that's none of your business. <laughs> and that's none of your business. <laughs> so that's a small okay? business. So that's a small business. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> this adds up. This makes sense. This tracks. Right. Give me the yeah. money. <laughs> Give me the money. I this is again, this is these are the people who are asking for our sympathy, our empathy, and our money, right? Meanwhile, they are not willing to bat an eye at people who are dying when they don't have water that will not poison them or air that is too polluted to breathe. So just keep please keep this in your mind. Okay. Um okay, let's move on to something. Ridiculous, because Lacey, oh <laughs> when you yeah. said this sentence out loud, I said, "What the fuck are you talking about?" So just, I'm just, you take it away, Lacey. I don't know, the the whole description of what's happening was confusing, confounding. Guys, Hollywood, you know <laughs> what do we need right now? We need entertainment, and when you think entertainment, mm-hmm. I know you think biographies, yes. biopics, you know, mm-hmm. bio biopics, biopics, either way. I don't like biopic. Either way. I like biopic. Yeah, biopic feels like a, a, a medical procedure. People That's say that all the time, and like, I'm always like, it always bugs me, not that like I want to say something, but I'm like, I prefer biopic, like a bi- right. like your bio. Right, it makes sense. But I guess it's biography, but- biopic. Anyway, we, we digress. So, guys, we've got a Princess Die movie. 
Iconic. A Princess Die biopic coming out, guys. Okay. And it's starring just the person that you think of when you think of who should play Princess Die. At the very least. I want least, you to take a moment. Probably. Let it pop into your head. Like an English okay. actress, a young English like actress, maybe someone unknown who maybe mm, looks yeah. exactly like Diana. I feel like because mm. she is English, yes. Mm, yeah. Those are good guesses. All right, everyone on three, let's say it together. One, two, three. Kristen, Kristen Stewart. Stewart. What? <laughs> Why? Wait. Kristen Stewart is going to be playing Princess Diana. What? Oh, Chris, Kristen Stewart. Yeah. <laughs> from, yeah. From Twilight. Vampire. Except Shh. for now she'll be saying Prince. <laughs> she'll say Vampire. Right, I, don't, like, I know what you are. What? I mean. This is how okay. you know that the royals really did hate her. I mean. Come yeah. On. <laughs> this is rude. This is very this rude. This is rude. <laughs> yeah. The. Okay, so I get it. Like it's about uh, they say it covers a critical weekend in the early '90s when Diana decided her marriage to Prince Charles wasn't working. Okay, mm-hmm. so that yeah, that sounds interesting. I mean, who? I, more importantly, who plays Prince Charles? Well, not more importantly, but I'm curious what kind of Ryan if they found someone good for that. <laughs> Could you imagine? That's how they do it. It's like yeah, and uh, let's get maybe t- uh, what's his name? Uh, Tom? Uh, what's what's that dude's name with the lips? Uh- with lips or Tom without Hardy. lips? Tom Hardy. Oh, with Tom lips. Hardy's with the lips. Kenneth Branagh without the lips. Ooh. Yeah, that man <laughs> has ben, no, he, very, very... Ben I, Affleck will be playing Prince Charles. It's like, do we... We just don't care about casting at this point. I don't... Uh, oh, my God. I'd let me get in here to play the queen. I don't know <laughs> you know, much. It's like, it don't matter at this point. I should be able to get in on this line. Diana, you cannot get divorced. <laughs> Yo, I would you love listen to see You listen here. You listen here, you little Whoa. bitch. Oh, Okay. <laughs> Okay. That's my impression of the queen. From Essex now, huh? <laughs> yeah, like, stay married to me, Charles is cheating on me, isn't it? All right, and you what now? <laughs> Do what? With the queen? Listen, I'll be listen, having Diana. none of that, and like <laughs> You're going to stay married or you're going to take a bad limo ride, Diana. <laughs> wow, you sound like John Boyega trying to sound like he's like a, from New Jersey and a New Jersey Italian. <laughs> like this movie <laughs> um what i mean i don't know much about Kristen stewart's acting outside of that i mean is she is there a reason does this make sense uh, Lacey? you know you're you're tapped into these this so, this world you know in hollywood there happens to be a thing that happens with the girls where you know once you've built up a certain amount of credits or gotten a certain amount of notoriety the studios will start to push you on the mm. public um you know because they feel like you're a recognizable name that's going to generate revenue now this works in certain instances like for instance um Elizabeth Moss I will watch anything that it, they put her ass on right. uh, they True. put her face on a can I'm going to stare at that can <laughs> until <laughs> until I can't no more and right. I'm like oh this isn't a television I I'd never realized <laughs> um cuz she's good you know yeah. what I mean and I think that that was their hope with Kristen Stewart. Obviously, they tried it with the Charlie's Angel franchise. A lot of times in Hollywood, when you see a deal come out, like on Deadline, it's been in negotiation for at least six months to maybe even a year if it's a project that they're also personally That's developing. That's true. Which oh, right. Because we when it happens, every time someone has a Deadline thing, they go, finally, I can talk about this. And they're like, yeah, I was working on yes. that for 17 years. And you're like, oh, right. shit. <laughs> So it might have been one of those things where in the height of the Kristen Stewart, you know, uh, like, right. oh, she has all these new projects coming out. She's going to be one of the Charlie's Angels. She's in these action films or whatever. They were like, oh, also she'll play Lady Di. And then Whoa. all those projects started to come out and flop. And now <laughs> she's still attached to right. this. I also like the idea that they, the studio thought this was what the, the world needed right now. They're like, okay, you know what? We should cast Kristen Stewart as Princess <laughs> Diana. I think people need to hear that right now. They really need to hear that. I'm I'm okay with it as long as I can play Queen Elizabeth. I just think if we're gonna have radical casting, I feel the same way. <laughs> Queen with a K. Queen with a K. Queen with a K. <laughs> and you're drinking out of like a chalice, a bedazzled chalice and shit. I yes, love it. I will have my wig with the curly yes. gray hair. I will rock it. <laughs> oh shit! Okay. But that I, be me. I feel like that would go well with like Kristen Stewart's, you know, sort of like typecast of like the I don't understand. Right. I don't, I don't understand. What, I'm trying to think of who would actually be. And I, I, every time this, there's like a casting on the show, I always engage in this exercise where I don't have the imagination to even say, well, who would? Because I'm, I'm like, I'd have to really think about it. But I'm trying to actually think of someone, when I look at this picture of Diana, like if there is somebody who's true, like just coming Reese with Reese Witherspoon. It. 
They do have kind of sim, but see, but that's where right. Christian Stewart and Diana do have similar facial structures. Like I, I can't really hate on that. The nose is a little bit different. Is Reese the right age though? No, she's not the right not age. For, not but for, I would not for rather this stage see of her. Life. her I would rather see the the Reese Witherspoon typecast up against the Queen than the Kristen Stewart typecast up against the Queen. You know what I right. mean? The like the timid yeah. like I, oh, but vampires. I love both of them and a werewolf. Like I kind of want to see the Reese Witherspoon. Like what is happening? Right. <laughs> it certainly sounds more fun than like Prince Charles. Ugh. I can. I don't want to do this anymore. Do you do, have any of you read like her biography or anything? Because this must this weekend must have been fucking wild as fuck. If the entire movie is just about this weekend in the early nineties <laughs> and knowing like she wasn't fucking with Dodie till like the late nineties. So what? Right. What? Like what? This there. This must be juicy as fuck. Ah. It's like my week with Marilyn or something. Right. So I'm. I want to see it. I mean, I'm gonna. I think I'll see it regardless because people love Princess Die. I don't know who the right choice is, but maybe Kristen will surprise us. Yeah. Look, I'm not gonna hate out the gate, but I am confounded. <laughs> the thing is, though, I guess even when you read it, right? This is how it's just like it covers this critical weekend, right? When Diana decided her marriage it wasn't working and that she needed to veer from a path that put her in line to one day be queen. The drama takes place over three days in one of her final Christmas holidays in the House of Windsor in their Sandringham estate in Norfolk, England. So that this is about a three-day, this is a three days where she said, now nah, fuck this. I don't even want to be the fucking queen. Are you out your fucking mind? Hell, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah. That's Royal weekend at Bernie's. Right. <laughs> Ugh. I mean, how rad is she though to be like, you know. I've been given all these promises. Everyone says a princess's life is supposed to be like this. And you know what? I feel like shit all of the time. And right. I hate this. Bye. Yeah. Right. I Like duty is not. I, I think it's because that's like you not putting your country over yourself. That's you not putting capitalism before you. Exactly. Like if Princess Di right. can do it, we can all do it on we a can micro all level. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> Man, everybody embrace your prince, inner princess dive. And she threw the crown in the trash. I mean, that's pretty she rad. Did. Yeah. Uh, Zara, thank you so much for coming on the Daily Zeitgeist. It's always thank you for having so fun me. For having, yeah, yes, yes, yes. Uh, where can people find you and follow you, support you? You can find me at zaracomedian.com. That's Z as in Z, A as mm. in Apple, H as in hairiness, mm. R, A as in awesome, comedian, <laughs> dot, C as in come, O, M. Mm, let them know uh is there a tweet or any kind of social media post that you like that you wanted to shout out yes i kind of really enjoyed this tweet last night it's from Django gold okay he said this chris D'Elia shit is wild but i guess it's always the first person you suspect oh man yeah <laughs> what's with all those takes though too like it's so funny now like i i feel like we're in that phase now where if we're really going to be talking about shit like this like does everybody have to get their like comedic take in on like these situations where we're kind of like yeah dude this motherfucker's gross bro get the fuck out of here like i feel like the, the energy's been like get the fuck out of here you know anyway. what? I, I appreciate the opportunity to just say bleh and not yeah. have to have a punchline thank you yeah boss. and it's just weird i mean like in a way like the like it's oh what about all these young like women he was grooming like god damn this ugh but he played pedos in like a few things, and he was very he did? good at those roles. Wow! Yeah, he was a pedophile in You, the second season on Netflix, uh, and that was a big story arc because he get. I'm not, I'm not going to spoil it for y'all, but yeah. <laughs> so he's a creep in that, and um, and then he also played a pedo on um, Workaholics. So you know, he this was also he was getting typecast a little bit. <laughs> well, that was another tweet people were saying was like, yeah, comedians tell on themselves constantly on stage, so you know. Uh, when, when people are making jokes like that, but take take another look. Um, Lacey, how about you? Uh, where can people find you, follow you, and what's a tweet that you're liking? Guys, so you can find me on the internet at D-I-V-A-L-A-C-I, Diva Lacey, on all platforms. If you want to listen to my podcast, Scam Goddess, hey. where we talk about fun scams, that's uh, Scam Goddess Pod. And uh, Miles is actually the guest this week. So yes. if you listen, you'll we have a very, very fun time. Oh, uh, yeah. Always, <laughs> please always Please don't fun. cancel us. No, please and listen. Sorry. And can't fuck it. You know, what are you going to do? You know, this, yeah, it's right. 2020, man. We're, it's, we're, everything's destabilized. 
And speaking of loving capitalism, some of you guys love TD Bank too much. We really took a <laughs> shit on TD Bank, and and so many people wow, have been reaching out yeah. like, "That's my bank. I love that bank. They're I'm very real. That, they are that real. That bank had my baby. Oh, I make okay. out with that bank. <laughs> like, like y'all love. Be this nice bank to that bank. <laughs> They're gouging me with their interest rates, but fine. <laughs> right. Um, and then a tweet that I've been enjoying is uh, from Dwayne Perkins, who I adore. Um, he says, let's normalize asking people in positions of power. Are you fucking stupid? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. Seriously, though. That's really what's going to end up happening because they're going to be these some out of touch people who don't know what time it is. And they're going to be back on their dumb shit. And they're going to be so shocked when people just clap back oh uh please everybody wake up it's time how to move forward um you can find me on twitter instagram playstation network at miles of gray also my other podcast 420 day fiance this is getting high talking about 90 day fiance with sophia alexandra um a tweet that i like is from at sam dnte uh it said you weren't radicalized by your ap history teacher you got a two um, which kind of resonated with me with someone who really loved AP history. Uh, another one is from Asif Allah. It says at Asif or at Asif Allah, uh, U-L-L-A-2-2 uh, is his handle. It says when your parents are on a call and they ask for a pen, man, that pressure is unreal. Because that's true. Anytime like, eh, pen, 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 pen. And you're like, <laughs> I felt that one in my bones. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist, on Instagram at The Daily Zeitgeist. We got a Facebook fan page. We got a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes. Uh, you know, and also it's a production of iHeartRadio. So if you like this, check out the iHeartRadio app or check us out wherever you get your podcasts. Now, the song we're going to write out on is this track by Tom Mish and Yusuf Days. Um, they're just fantastic uh, jazz players, uh, fantastic drumming on this. If you like a little technical drumming uh, and some good little melodies, this is their track. Uh, it's called Kyiv, K-Y-I-V. Uh, check it out. And we're going to ride out on that. Peace and blessings to everybody. And we'll talk to you later talking about what's trending. All right, bye. Bye. <laughs>